Hello everyone and welcome. Um, this is a short episode we're going to do today. And the topic of conversation today is going to be lightsabers from the franchise Star Wars. Now, everyone loves the lightsaber. Who doesn't? I mean, even like every show seems to reference a beam or laser sword. Lightsaber is well, coined and belonging to Star Wars the franchise, which now, which is owned by Lucasfilm, which is now owned by Disney. So yeah, even Disney wanted to make sure they could get Star Wars. <clears throat> so, today's conversation we are going to be talking about the components of the lightsaber, uh, everything, you know, the colors of the lightsabers, the looks and shapes of lightsabers, the different hilts and their functions, and as well as even the lightsaber forms of combat and what their uses were. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun today. Like I said, this isn't going to be as long an episode as, say, the Hulk, which is up next, or the Kaiju episode that we just previously talked about. But we're going to have fun anyway. So stay tuned and we're going to dive right in. Okay, so we're going to begin with what is a lightsaber? What makes it up? Now, everyone knows what a lightsaber is, but let's go in a little bit. Assuming that someone in the audience doesn't know what the heck a lightsaber is. How would you describe it? Well, a Star Wars fan, like myself, would honestly say this. It is an elegant weapon of a more civilized age. Not so clumsy and random as a blaster. Ah, I messed up the quote a little bit. You know, it's supposed to be not as clumsy or random as a blaster, but an elegant weapon of a more civilized age. It is a weapon of a Jedi Knight. And of course, we know it's also the weapon of the Sith Lords. And while many fan, fans on YouTube, many fans of the series, are making headway, we don't actually have a real lightsaber yet. Don't get me wrong, we've come close. Uh, one I'm thinking of, particularly Hacksmith Industries, has just created, or recently created, a 4,000 degree plasma-based protosaber. Now, I'll go into what is a protosaber later, but all you know, this one is actually a first retractable blade. First thing that looks and sounds like an actual lightsaber. And it even has different colors and everything, and propane-based. It's, it's interesting, the design that they did there. And it's one of my all-time favorite videos, fan videos of, you know, basically nerding out with technology and everything else. It's just, oh my gosh, wow. So, moving on to the components of the lightsaber, and this could be part of the reason why we don't actually have it yet. Alright, the components of the lightsaber, not including the outer casing of the hilt, because these 
the outer casing can look as different as the Jedi who wields it. I mean, it's the makes it unique. It makes it visually different. I mean, the, here's where you get the different hilt styles, everything else. It's why Obi-Wan's looks different. It's why Luke's looks similar to Obi-Wan's, but yet it's not the same. It's why Vader and Anakin's look similar, and it's all about the style and what feels right to the Jedi. But we're getting into the inner components here. <clears throat> Alright, first we have the beam chamber. That's up top, on the inside of it. This is what generates the beam of light that will act as the blade. The amplification chamber, or amp chamber. This is what amplifies the beam out. It makes it strong, intense, enough to sustain. Next is the crystal chamber with the kyber crystal. Now, this is what holds the power source, sort of, for the lightsaber. It's part of it that bonds with the Jedi. And the Jedi will actually create it by combining all these pieces together with the Force. Their first time designing it, anyway. After that, they can make changes as they see fit to their, to match their style, to create their own style, or make it unique to them. Next up is the battery, and usually this is an assumed to be some form of a fusion core or something similar. And this is just so that it never really runs out of power. Now they said that the Kyber crystal powers the saber, but it has this battery to it. I guess the power it was run through the crystal and that's what generates the beam the original saber itself and of course you have a bottom which is probably a um, inert power insulator perhaps or it could be a number of things but honestly these five components make up the inside of the lightsaber and I'm only assuming that it would be a power, you know, insulator, just so that it doesn't go through the rest of the saber and burn your hand or, you know, basically destroy your weapon. You mess up with this and, well, <laughs> the only thing you're going to make sure of is that you blow up and the only thing that is left is the crystal. Now, we're, we'll talk about the outer casing for a little bit here, just to... Now, these are different designs and shapes of, for lightsabers. I mean, we're going to talk about them a little bit later in the episode. Uh, right now, there are four basic parts that we need to uh, mention for the outer casings. You have an emitter, which is your top part. You know, it covers the beam chamber. You have your switch, which is your activation. Your body, which can be curved or a number of styles. And you have the pommel, which is the base part. This is where you'll usually hang it from your belt. Now, not always. I believe Vader's actually may have hung from the top of his, from his emitter. Interestingly enough, it's an, it's, it's an interesting style, but... Uh, but you understand where I'm coming from on this, I think. But now we need to talk about the power source. We need to talk about why is this important to a Jedi? What is this to a Jedi? And for that, we need to be talking about the 
insertion of the kyber crystal and that is really interesting we're going to go into more of this so stay tuned Now, we've mentioned a kyber crystal before. We mentioned it in the crystal chamber. And this is essentially the heart of the lightsaber. Now, this has become in canon what powers it, so to speak. But it still has a battery. I, I honestly don't know. This is just, I'm going off the schematics here. This is what it says. Now, a kyber crystal can come from a n number of places. If you watch Rogue One, they say some of the brightest stars have hearts of kyber. So a kyber crystal can be mined, and apparently it is what they use to make the beam of the Death Star. So in fact, think of the Death Star as a big lightsaber with a short, or with a long blade that doesn't last very long. Acts as a gun. And there were actual lightsaber guns that just didn't last long. We're not we're not really going to be talking about the lightsaber gun because it was more of an attachment or something you put your saber in. So we'll have to talk about the gathering. What is the gathering? Well, when the Jedi Order was in full swing and at at um, in the late days of the Republic, the gathering was a mission for younglings who had yet to become Padawans or yet to be let's just say they had not designed their own lightsaber this was the beginning of their journey they had to go to a planet of ice called Ilum this is an ancient home for Jedi there was a Jedi temple there there they would have to find a crystal to power their lightsaber but they couldn't just pick anything I mean it's hard to pick a crystal out of ice you know so they had to face some certain tests because not only did they pick the crystal the crystal had picked them see apparently to the Jedi and the religion the crystals are alive in the force they you know they well they may not physically be alive they the force surrounds them and it's intensified around these certain crystals it's why the Jedi use them and so do the Sith So they would have to, we've seen an episode in Star Wars The Clone Wars, or a few episodes, about the journey to making a lightsaber. Ahsoka, you know, Ahsoka Tano, Anakin's apprentice, basically takes these younglings, or these young Jedi, on a mission to Ilum for the gathering. And we see that the challenges they have to face, they have to learn patience, they have to learn to trust themselves. They have to learn to trust their own skills rather than technology. They have to learn to be selfless. They have to learn to conquer fear. And so on and so forth. To get their crystals. And then they learn from a robot who even helped design Master Yoda. Now this robot had not been seen in canon for a while. The last we saw of him was in Legends. And honestly it was destroyed his fantastic to me and it's just the fact that they got David Tennant to play him it just added to it All right so they're learning 
from him how to build a lightsaber. Each lightsaber is different, unique. Right? For the little, you know, Wookiee Jedi, uh, Gunji, I believe his name was, you know, he asked, you know, when you hold your lightsaber, you know, he didn't actually have it yet, you know, close your eyes and imagine your lightsaber. Like, what do you feel in your hand? Not what you want, what do you feel? And Gunji said, well, well, he roared, but said wood. And he provided him wood that was as strong as any metal. That's, you know, and that's what felt right to the Wookiee. You know, it's... All in all, it's all about what is unique to the Jedi who creates it. Every lightsaber is unique to the Jedi who created it. Oh, I should probably mention that while a kyber crystal is needed for our lightsaber, it will not change color until it's bonded with a Jedi. So they will appear clear until the bond is forged there. Alright, and the colors have a specific meaning. I mean, if it turns blue, the Jedi is most likely a guardian. Now, what does this mean? A guardian is a Jedi who is particularly skilled with a lightsaber. You know, they excel at lightsaber combat rather than their training in the Force. Now, blue is one of the most common Jedi colors, and all of the Skywalkers actually started with blue. I'm also including Luke here when he inherited his father's saber, and originally George Lucas intended for his green saber to be blue, but they changed it to green because of some color, some interference with the sky. Literally, the saber just blended in, and they needed to change it up for the effects. So it became green. And speaking of green, it is the second common Jedi color, and these and it signifies that the Jedi could be a consular. Now these Jedi are skilled at negotiation and they're training in the Force, meaning they're more negotiators. They are not precisely. Don't get me wrong; they are skilled the lightsaber. Master Yoda specifically, and we'll talk about him later, but they, you know, they are no slouches when it comes to combat, but blue seem to be the experts of lightsaber combat. Next up is yellow. Yellow is a not so common color, but apparently during the fall of the Republic, or during the last days of it, the yellow belonged to the Jedi Sentinels. These were the Temple Guards, more or less. And there were other yellow lightsabers, we just didn't see it much. So the Sentinels are basically a mix of the Consulars and the Guardians. They are skilled with the lightsaber, and they are knowledgeable and very well versed in the Force training. So they are basically a mix between blue and green, which I find ironic because you need blue and yellow to make green. <laughs> I just, you know... So yellow is basically both. Next is purple. Now purple doesn't exactly have a for sure meaning, but from what most fans and what even I can find out on the on the internet is that if you have a wheel, if you wield a purple lightsaber, you can either be neither. It's probably you're neither light nor dark. You can use well, it's either that, or, or. 
And this one I like a lot more, and I agree with this one. You can use dark side techniques or aggression and all this, but have no malice in your heart. Meaning you're using this for a greater goal. You're, you know, you're going into it. You're using your emotions, but you have no hate. You're, it's basically practicing dark side techniques, but for on the light side. That is, you know, basically the best definition I found for what a purple saber should be. But seriously, Lucasfilm, Disney, if you ever hear this, get a definition out for the Purple Saber. We would definitely need it. And here's one. And I, I can't find one canon version of this. I mean, we can say Calcastus, but technically he's not even supposed to be canon. We're not even sure he even is canon. He was just in the Jedi Fallen Order game. And while I love the game, love it. Great story. You know, great customize, customization on the lightsaber, beam color, and even Cal's uniforms. You know, you can choose what he, you know, what he wears. Honestly, I would like some more customi customization on the outfits. Heck, even design your own character would have been probably nice to work as a, uh, you know, friend to, that he trains or anything. That could be a good sequel right there. But next up is Orange. And from Legends, basically I can tell you, it means you have a pure heart. Alright? You are either pure light, pure dark, there is no in-between. And these are powerful Force users. Powerful. I mean, literally, they were feared. You know, if, you, if your opponent had an orange lightsaber, you knew they were strong. Because they were either pure light or pure dark. Now I have to talk about the red. I've gone through most of the Jedi colors. We're gonna go through, we got three more colors to discuss, and now we're talking about the Dark Jedi and the Sith. Now, a lot of people say the Inquisitors, the Sith Inquisitors were actually Sith. No, they're technically Dark Jedi. And we have to talk about this. The, the red is not a natural color. We learn from Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, the comic that literally takes place about a second or three seconds after Revenge of the Sith, that a Sith Saber is not much different than a Jedi's, except the crystal has been made to bleed. Palpatine even said this very thing, that the crystal has been made to bleed, that beautiful crimson And honestly, you know, just, I would love to hear, th this has to be made into a movie eventually, I mean, come on, it, some of the comics are just too good not to. But, yeah, so, basically, they channel their anger, their hatred, their sorrow, their sadness, everything, their fear, into the crystal, and bend it to their will. And then, once it you know, the crystal will fight back, but you have to exert your will over it. Once you do that, the crystal will turn red and become a red saber. Now, that's one I mentioned because it has to be mentioned. 
you know, after red at least, that if you can remove the dark side part of it, the, you know, control the dark sider had over those crystals, the crystals become pure and they can turn a different color. They'll become white. So this, and known user was, of course, Ahsoka Tano. We've seen these white sabers of hers before, and honestly, there are many theories as to why they're white. We've seen in the Ahsoka novel how she got them from an Inquisitor, but there's a little theory that be, from the end of Clone Wars, Vader found her old sabers, which he turned blue as Anakin. You know, her original color were green. Anakin modified the sabers, they became blue. She used them. She lost the she dropped the saber intentionally, leaving that behind. Vader found it, probably gave it to Palpatine, who gave it to Inquisitor after turning it red. And that Inquisitor found Ahsoka. She fought him, beat him, took his crystals, purified them, they became white. So literally, it all came back to that what those were her crystals. And finally, we're gonna mention black here. Not much is really known about the Darksaber, really, other than it belonged to Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian inducted into the, you know, Jedi Order, and was, after his death, was kept in the Jedi Temple until Mandalorians from House Vizsla literally stole it and have since used it as a symbol to rule. And literally, we see it in the Mandalorian, and we've seen it, we've seen it in Rebels. It made its way to Maul's hand. Bo-Katan's, Sabine Wren, and now Moff Gideon, and now Din Djarin wields it in The Mandalorian. Whether he keeps it or not, we'll have to wait till season three, but it's, it's let's just say we need to, uh, we need more information on the Darksaber. We do not know what the Black Crystal means. Maybe it means, uh, perhaps, and now this is my just, this is just a guess, this, um, this crystal could be the fact that maybe that the user prefers not to use the force, perhaps that it, they prefer to rely on their armor and their, you know, weaponry skills, perhaps, rather than use the force as their ally. I mean, it, it honestly could be that. I mean, why else would it be black? If Ahsoka's are white because of her connection to the force, you know, she's neither Jedi nor Sith, but she sighs on the light then maybe because, you know, Mandalorian Jedi who wielded him wasn't on the, you know, wasn't using the Force rather than his armor, which, you know, it depends on where it is before, between, now, they, Disney, I'm not sure they know this, but technically has made the Knights of the Old Republic canon, though they are still going to go back and tell that story, make it you know, their canon, they have tentatively confirmed Revan, at least, with the, with the, uh, Sith fleet, some, one of them was, one of their troops were called the Revans, or something similar, and of course, they mentioned in Rebels, the war with Mandalore, which the Jedi won, I mean, this is big, so it take, I'm not sure where the, theft of the Darksaber 
those in there, so maybe it happened after the war with Mandalore, maybe it happened before. We're not sure. Next up, we're going to be talking about the different helts, the different and the unique purpose that led with each design of the helt. Okay, so we got several different types of sabers to talk about here. And, uh, well, let's begin with the standard. Now, the standard saber, of course, simple enough, it's the straight saber. Now, it could be as long or short as it needs to be. So, really, it, it depends on the user of what style they wish. And its purpose, obviously, it's a function of any lightsaber, attack and defense. I mean, look at Anakin Skywalker's, Obi-Wan Kenobi's, Leia Organa's, Luminara Unduli, Mace Windu, they all had straight sabers. You know, no curve, no double, just, and they were varying heights and lengths. Next up are the double, or the staff sabers now. Honestly, some of my favorites. Now, we know that these are better for, you know, multiple opponents, and basically, you could say crowd control. Honestly, you can cover, you know, do a lot. But there's some fatal weaknesses to the design, but let's talk a little bit more. Basically, this is a blade at both ends. It's basically, think of it as two sabers merged into one. Could have one or more crystals, obviously. And uh, best for multiple opponents, but its fatal weakness is that it's got two here. Now, usually with a staff, you can fight from either end. I mean, look at the Beskar spear. I mean, Din Djarin used in the Mandalorian. Basically, he can fight. I mean, if you look at it, he can fight and jab it from the far end, or he can hold it in the middle and fight can't do that with a double-bladed lightsaber. You literally have to be holding on to the middle and just use the blades. Or you might even cut yourself in half accidentally. The next is, literally, it's how long that double saber is. We saw in episode one, Phantom Menace, Maul literally got his cut in half by Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's one of the weaknesses right there. Cut in half, he's down to one saber. And while we're on the doubles, I really have to bring in the Inquisitors, the Jedi Hunter Saber. Alright, now, with this we got a new type. The blades actually spin on the Saber. Now, what could this possible design be meant for, other than to look really awesome and give us something that we've never seen before? And I theorize it's, the, it's a way to intimidate or frighten their opponent. And obviously, to deflect any form of direct attack or combat. I mean, literally, they can spin this lightsaber just by holding it there on their side and swing. That's it. And it looks like they're doing some mall-type trick with their saber of spinning, but it's not. And it can be as long as a regular saber, so it's cutting down the weakness of the 
double or the staff saber. However, there is one fatal weakness that we saw that Kanan Jarrus exploited when he fought the Grand Inquisitor. If he has another saber or two, and the Inquisitor is spinning in a defensive block, he can literally stick the blade, his lightsaber blades in between where his hands are, where the Inquisitor's hand is, and destroy the rotating ring. And as we saw, any damage to those, and they can't hover on them like a helicopter blade, and they'll fall. So we've seen Inquisitors die from that. Uh, we've seen a number of ways that Inquisitors are dealt with, so... Alright, next up we have to talk about the Curved. It was the next different saber that we saw. It was in Episode 2, uh, Attack of the Clones. And it belongs to Count Dooku. We also saw it again in the um, Clone Wars. And, of course, in Episode 3 with Count Dooku again. But Asajj Ventress even did this and made hers dual sabers into a staff. And a dual saber is a thing but that's more on on style of the Jedi so really it's well there's another saber that makes up the dual sabers that we'll talk about in a second but while I'm here I'm just gonna talk about it, it can be just two standard sabers it doesn't have to be anything and you can even make them into a staff saber so really I'm talking about all the sabers that can literally you can just have there's variations if I miss one, I'm, I'm, I apologize, but basically I'm talking about what I know for certain are different hilts, different... Alright, but the curved, the curved that Count Dooku uses. Now this allowed the user to utilize a greater finesse when slashing and lunging, more of for dueling than anything else. So that's how his look, you know, that's why Count Dooku looks like he's no... You know, able to fight so well and everything else. I mean, it's not that he looks. I mean, he can't. I mean, he he taught Qui Gon, he taught Obi Wan, and he was taught by Master Yoda. Come on, come on. Next up is the Cross Guard Saber, which we saw is Kylo Ren. Now, this is an ancient variant, and uh, it's not Kylo Ren. It's not. It's not, we even saw Ezra Bridger on Malachor pick one up and it was a cross guard saber. Right, now these have three blades. And it's a favorited by combat style known as Makashi. And then we'll talk about Makashi later. And the two smaller blades acted as additional guards and offense as we saw for Kylo Ren. If he's, you know, trying to attack and he's not able to get there, he can use the blade, the little tiny blade to dig in like he did to Finn's shoulder back in uh, episode 7 The Force Awakens. Ah, you have to talk about this one. The Proto Saber. Now this is an ancient design and originally this was like the first use of an actual lightsaber. Now these had a cord and a power supply separate from the actual saber itself. And I mentioned this earlier that, you know, that Hacksmith Industries had just developed something similar and so the proto saber had this line to it and that was its weakness cut the line and the saber won't work anymore so that was that was the interesting part of it I, I liked that you know I was glad to see that the design was not entirely lost but we haven't really seen it in canon yet we need to see it in canon this is still a legends thing but in 
in the real world at least we have a proto saber a working functioning proto saber next up is the lightsaber pike and you'll see a lot of saber shops sell something similar this is basically a short blade and a long hilt uh, you can also call it a lightsaber spear if you wish and that's basically its function and it acts as a lightsaber spear now there could be various variants different blades of course but I think it's on the user there could even be a lightsaber axe but since we've not even seen that in canon or legends or at least not that I'm aware of in legends you know I'm not even going to mention the lightsaber axe as a function and finally the shoto saber now I mentioned before that there are different ways to basically do dual wielding sabers you could have two full-length sabers or you could have one shoto saber and one full-length saber now shoto saber is small or smaller and often used in dual wielding as a guard saber meaning that basically this one is your defense this one is your attack and you'll switch between the two now honestly it's whatever I mean we've seen Ahsoka use a Shoto saber some people argue that Master Yoda saber is a Shoto saber but no that's an actual lightsaber for his size Next up, we're going to be talking about the lightsaber forms. Last but not least, we have to talk about the lightsaber forms of combat. Now, we've got Form 1. Well, it's a very good place to start. Shi Cho. This is the basis, basics of attack and parry and created by ancient Jedi when transi transitioning from the metal blades you know regular swords to lightsaber sadly this form does not address the lightsaber to lightsaber combat that is where this form falls a little bit short so moving on to form 2 Makashi now I told you we'd get back to this when I mentioned it before in the you know curved or not the curved up, but the curved help does well in Makashi as well. But uh, the cross guard saber, the you know Kylo Ren style, they basically it, this saber is favored in the Makashi style, and the, this specializes in on lightsaber to lightsaber combat. Basically, it. Uh, It's, it, in a way, it's kind of like fencing in a way, sort of, uh, it, it basically, uh, it addresses the flaw in Form 1, uh, it, it, and Dooku is a master of Makashi, uh, and so is Vader. Vader uses it as well, so, uh, you can see how the style kind of goes there. Form 3, Soresu. Now, it is said that a master of Soresu can almost be invincible, almost undefeatable. And these, it's better at, at deflecting blaster fire, and uh, it maximizes your defense. It Basically, you're waiting for an opponent to strike, and you're waiting for an opening in their, in their defenses, and then you strike at that point. It is worth noting that Master... Obi-Wan Kenobi is a master of Suresu. So, and technically, he let Vader chop him in half. 
we all know, to let Luke and his friends escape. He let this happen. He let that happen, so. Technically, Vader didn't exactly beat him. Vader did kill him, but he let it happen. Form 4, Ataru. This is an acrobatic form using the force to help fight, basically making these acrobatic moves that you normally wouldn't do. And uh, I think that sounds familiar to most. If not, then let me just say one name and you'll know exactly who I'm, you know, exactly what form he's using. Yoda. Yoda uses Ataru, using the force to help him, you know. So basically, while he's a great combatant, it's because he's using the force training. So that's why they made his saber green. I found a piece of um, artwork or... Uh, they were comparing the lightsabers. Apparently the original idea was to make Yoda's lightsaber yellow. But they didn't go through with it. Apparently that was supposed to be... Uh, it was never seen in uh, The Phantom Menace. So we didn't get to see that until episode 2. And they decided to go back with green. It's like, oh, come on. Just give him yellow and give Mace purple already. You know, and then we've got enough. Form 5. Now it's worth knowing that Form 5 actually has two different variants, and this is an aggressive form, and Anakin was considered very well-versed in it. Whether he was a master of it or not remains to be seen, but considering how the movie went, probably he was never called a master of anything. Sorry, I know. Low blow. Low blow, I know. Alright, so we got Shin and Jimzo, or Jim... Jimzo. Shin is, deals with deflecting blaster fire back at your opponent. Literally, it, it intentionally, when you're deflecting the blaster fire, you deflect it back in your opponent's general direction. That is the Shin form of Form 5. Jin So is lightsaber dueling. Strength and attack to make an opening in your opponent's before, you know, in, in their defense. It's basically to make... Uh, while Soraisu, you wait for an opening. Jim So, you basically make your own. Next up is Form 6, Niman. Niman is also known as the Way of the Rancor or the Diplomat's Form. And a lot of Jedi think this is what best suits a Jedi. It balances the emphasis of the other forms with overall moderation. And it was considered at the time of the Jedi Order and the and the Republic that it was the current standard for a Jedi. So basically, kind of combines all the other forms, and basically, I'm not sure of the drawbacks of this form to be honest with you, but I'm assuming it's basically a combination of all the previous forms with none of their previous fallbacks. So it might have its own fallbacks. I mean, who knows? And next up is the most difficult of forms. Even the two known practitioners have really struggled with it. And this is Form 7, Juyo, and Vapad, which are two different variations. Now, Mace Windu practiced Juyo, but he created Vapad, so it's very personal to him. He only taught this to his apprentice, who actually shared it with Quinlan Voss. But she knows that it's very personal. 
as well as Kiadi Mundi is aware of it. Again, very personal, he doesn't practice it. And this is the most difficult and demanding of all forms. It employs bold and direct movements like Form 5, but not so elaborate and acrobatic as Form 4. Highly unpredictable in battle, and actually we see a bit of it in Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. And it was created, we see Vapod anyway, and we see Windu actually use this to overpower Darth Sidious. And it's like, wow, that's how he beat the Sith. That's how he did it. And those are the lightsaber combats. Now, please, now, please do join me for my next episode, which will be the Hulk. That's who we're going to be talking about on the next, you know, Fandom 101. And I hope you have enjoyed this walkthrough on the lightsabers and their combat and hilt styles. Basically, we talked a lot about lightsabers today. So, enjoy, and I hope everyone has a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas.